We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? This is Rob from the Strike and Gold podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I wanted to talk to you guys about one of our new pods called On the Hook. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook, with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. They're going to chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to becoming a boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and the family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares whenever you get your podcasts.
Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. And we're here, striking gold. Our our weekly reaction to what you will find is probably closest resembling a car crash from the 49ers game against the um, <laughs> against the Miami Dolphins. But um, per usual, welcome back, everybody. Um, joining me tonight, Eric Crocker is in the process of traveling from Las Vegas. He went there for a uh, some flag football action with, I believe, with a, a team that he is developing. Um, everybody who follows Crocker knows he's always got his hands in, in all kinds of developing young football prospects. So that's what he's doing right now. But I will say congratulations to him. He's a huge Lakers fan, and the Lakers literally just got done home taking care of uh, another, I mean, how many titles, but joining me tonight, Blue Wire CEO and founder, Kevin Jones. Kevin, how many, how many titles have the Lakers won now? Isn't it like just a ridiculous number? Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how many they've won. Rob's been carrying the ship so much. He thought he was solo here tonight. He he forgot. No, no, no. I didn't think I was solo. I just was allowing myself to steer (laughs) off track. I love it, man. No, we... This is a somber night, man. Uh, this is bringing me back to the days when I used to podcast about Chip Kelly or the the early 49ers days. So, you know, congrats to Crocs Lakers. I think it's like their 10th title, 15th title. If I'm counting these Google little weird squares. that they, I'm happy the for they... Lakers fans. They had Kobe's tragic death earlier this year that rocked the entire world, not even just the Lakers fans. So, you know great timing for them to get the title and then speaking of the exact opposite talking about a a title window i don't want to say closing but there's now cracks in this window it feels like they gotta fix this window the san francisco 49ers arguably one of the worst losses in kyle shanahan's era here 43 17 to fitz magic and the dolphins Oh, God, that sentence feels weird to say out loud, but we're here. This team is not very good this season from everything we've seen so far. Lots to unpack, Rob. We'll try and do our best to to be hard-hitting and and cover it all. It uh, it It was as bad as it could have possibly gone for the 49ers without bringing into you know, kind of like the injuries sustained earlier in the season. There weren't any major player injuries that we know of, It, but it was as bad as it – outside of that, it was as bad as it possibly could have gone. Wait, you know what was, was so bad, Rob? Because it was bad on the coaching staff. We normally can blame players easily, but it felt like the 49ers got outcoached in a lot of different ways, not just the play calling, Kyle hitting panic in either starting Jimmy G and then – Benching him in at halftime, and then forty-eight. What's his even? What's his name? Brian Allen starting at corner, being on the practice squad the night before. There were a lot of baffling coaching decisions, which was what's really crazy about this. Because Kyle normally is buttoned up, and it just feels like the coaching staff really helped this game get out of hand. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's as you can you can hear there are just so many things to talk about. I suppose we'll start. We'll talk about. You know, a person of interest, number one, Jimmy Garoppolo, who came out in the first half and probably authored his worst half of football in his in his football career. You can go back as far as you want to. I can guarantee you elementary school Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was even a quarterback, probably did not put together a performance this bad. He only completed seven of 17 passes. That's 41 percent. 
He didn't even hit 100 yards. He threw two touchdowns. He had a quarterback rating of 15.7. And the, the quarterback that the 49ers are still paying, that are they're currently paying upwards of $25 million a year, was benched at halftime in favor of C.J. Beathard. And it was it was as bad. Give a few as weeks ago, who who Kyle Shanahan thought Nick Mullins was better than a few weeks ago. Now all of a sudden, you know CJ's in there. I guess he told sideline reporter at the game that it was to protect Jimmy Garoppolo because that is the next issue. The offensive line looks washed up. They've allowed five sacks in back to back weeks. Jimmy's off. Kyle's off. The offensive line's off. The receivers are actually feels like they're actually getting open, but because those three are so compounded and Jimmy's inaccuracy is now, I think, causing Kyle to hit the panic button, in my opinion. I don't think it was a safety thing, really, Rob. I think Jimmy's so inaccurate, and that last interception was so bad before the half. Kyle was like, you know what? Whatever. Whatever. The, we lost this game. I don't even want him to get hurt, but he's so inaccurate that maybe CJ actually can play us out of this. It was it there was it was just so many things. Now, the one thing I will say is and and I'm not necessarily prepared to give Garoppolo the benefit of of the doubt when it comes to his ankle, but it was apparent right away that this was not normal Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I, I even mentioned it on I, I think it was even before he'd thrown a single interception. I even mentioned it on Twitter that like Garoppolo's passes are not the same right now. They're not that accurate. They were floating through the air. It it looked like he was about to throw interceptions. They just he just did not look like normal Jimmy Garoppolo. And when Shanahan was asked about Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, that was the first thing he said is like like you know why did you not allow him to come back in the third quarter? And Shanahan's answer was basically like, well, given how the game would, would had gone. And what I had seen from Jimmy Garoppolo, it was clear that his ankle was affecting him because this was not the same quarterback that we're used to seeing. And I would agree with him on that. Like I said, I'm not necessarily prepared to say that was the entire reason for Jimmy Garoppolo's struggles. But before he even crashed and burned, I could tell something was wrong. And and he just there was just no zip and, and it, like there was no zip or confidence in the throws. He shouldn't have played that game, I guess. And Kyle was trying to go backwards and correct his mistake. But I, I, that, that is where, where it, it leads me is like, okay, if he wasn't, if Jimmy wasn't ready he, to me, he didn't look that hobbled. I did. He, do you? he didn't look hobbled. I just saw nothing on the passes. Like you could just see it, them float in the air. And you're like, man, this is, it it just it was like you know it was like seeing storm clouds in the in the horizon like you knew something bad was coming and and even Garoppolo said it did affect him but he wouldn't he wouldn't blame it he wouldn't blame it on his ankle he also wouldn't commit to playing next week I don't know to me if 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 it let's just say that it was that the ankle did play a huge part in this because if it didn't then the 49ers have an entire new set of problems like needing a quarterback. If they did, then this, then just how does then what does that say about Kyle Shanahan? Did they did they not properly evaluate him throughout the week? You know what I mean? Did they coddle him throughout the week and never really test out his ankle in the hopes of yeah he's ready to go? And then he gets out there and what they're seeing is not what they'd hoped. I they'd think see. they thought it was the Dolphins and they were going to be able to steamroll. It was going to be easy pickings, and the Dolphins came out, punched him in the mouth. They had to play from behind the whole time. The game got away from them by halftime. 
Kyle hit the panic button. The 49ers got caught with their pants down, and it didn't look pretty. I'm not going to go as far as to overreact and say they need a new quarterback yet. But I no. am I am, I am, am moving officially from um, not worried about Jimmy Garoppolo to I'm worried about him, and I'm not hitting the panic button, but I'm officially worried about Jimmy Garoppolo and the future of him on this football team two, three, four seasons from now. Today was alarming. Even if he's hobbled, really good quarterbacks play hobbled and still are themselves somewhat, and he was not, and that's concerning because he's going to have to play hurt a lot. Think of all the good quarterbacks in the league who are dinged up Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben all the time. And today against a pedestrian Miami Dolphins team, they got ramsacked. We can shift to the defense or we can stay on offense, but really Raheem Mostert is the only good player on offense. Think about this, Rob. Who is the only consistent player right now offensively? And well, that, hey, you know, coming back, you can say Kittle, of course, but the only person they can really count on every game is Raheem Mostert. That's a problem. This offense isn't that good, and they've taken just a huge step back. And you can say, oh, the pandemic, they didn't get to prep. They were in the Super Bowl last season. They they, they don't have excuses right now. They should. They had they had the same amount of time as far as this season. They had the same amount of time and the same rules as everybody else did. So to me, you can't you can't fall back on that excuse. I mean, sure, yes, your season goes a little bit deeper when you're making a Super Bowl run, sure. But I, I'm not that that has nothing to do with what they're doing now. It, it, if you know, I do believe that the pandemic changed the landscape of the season, and I think we've kind of seen that with with how many injuries are being suffered like throughout the league. It's well ahead of a normal pace. But that has nothing to do with what happened to the 49ers on Sunday. They just they were ill prepared in every way, shape, or form. It was it was such a well rounded loss, if that's even a term, that like everybody was to blame. Raheem, yeah, you mentioned Raheem, and Raheem made his comeback today after missing the last two games with an NCL injury, and he did play good. He think he averaged over eight. Yeah, he averaged over eight yards a carry, 11 carries for 90 yards. Uh, he also had three catches for almost 30 yards. Never got into the end zone, but, I mean, if you're looking for somebody who still managed to have a great game. He got more uh, touches. Like, right. I don't know what's happening here. I guess they were down so many points, but C.J. Beathard is right. not, not going to make anything happen. Maybe they're just trying to save Moster from getting injured. Uh, you know, Rob, sh- shifting the conversation to the offensive line, I don't get – how they're going to become better overnight. It really looks like Trent Williams isn't the same player that he was in Washington pre all the disaster that happened there that, that held him off the field for much of the last decade, um, you know, 2018, 2019. That's a problem at left tackle that I don't know if they're going to be able to solve. McGlinchey looks like he lost his pal, Joe Staley, and he, he's not playing as hard or he's not the ferocious right tackle that he was last year. Um, interior I saw Lakin Tomlinson and Trent Williams fighting they, they were arguing over something Lakin looks a little washed up it's an issue that may become a long season for the 49ers even if Jimmy comes in and plays a little bit well to get Kittle going I think Jimmy's going to snap out of it and be okay in November but I think the offensive line Rob is going to be so bad that this team just isn't going to make the playoffs because of it 100 100 I mean if if Whatever frustrations you, if you're listening to this, and whatever frustrations you have aimed at Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyle Shanahan or, or what have you, I mean everything falls under Kyle Shanahan. But this, an equal amount needs to be aimed at the offensive line. They were absolutely abysmal today. There were times 
where they looked like they'd never played together before and they had no idea what the calls were or what they were doing. I don't know whose responsibility that is or who's screwing up. But when you have, uh, you know, blitzes, when they're still rushing four, and, you know, blitzes are coming through untouched, they're rushing four, guys are still screwing it up. It's, it's, I don't know what's going on. I'm not an offensive line guy. I don't know how the offensive line schemes thing up, but it was absolutely laughable. And with, the thing with the 49ers is there's a lot of struggles that you can blame on injuries right now, a lot of them. Like there's just so many depleted position groups. You know, Jimmy was just hurt. Receivers are coming back from injury. Cornerbacks are absolutely depleted. But you cannot say that about the offensive line. Now, yes, they don't have Weston Richburg at center, but Daniel Brunskill was the one who played the back half of the season last year and led them straight through the Super Bowl with really no problem. So you've got an offensive line that outside of really Daniel Brunskill, who's been new at right guard, has plenty of cohesion together, and they just look like they're lost. I don't know. Are they badly coached? You know, the way the offensive line has been struggling this season, this, you know, bodes to me like there could be some changing, uh, some coaching changes in that in that group. There's going to be a scapegoat city here. When they're 6-10, and 5-11, if that ends up happening with the schedule looking as tough as it it is, you're going to see three, four major changes one one big coaching staff change, someone big in the front office potentially. There's going to be new blood added here, in my opinion. It's very early. We're we're overreacting after a terrible loss to the Dolphins, but I I see I see change. I see change I, happening to the team next season, no matter what. I'm not sure if if we would have been having this same conversation because a lot of the struggles were the exactly the same against the Eagles. If we would have been talking about these things. Uh, last last week after the Eagles loss, I would have said, yes, like this is a bit of an overreaction. We should probably pump the brakes a little bit. But to do this against the Dolphins, who if you guys have listened to Crocker and I's preview episode, we we respected the Dolphins. They had played, they they were one score away from winning against the Seahawks. They were one score away from winning against the uh, the Bills. They were only lost by 10 to the Patriots. And then they blew out the, or they, they yeah, they blew out the Jaguars. And so I, I knew that what they were bringing was respectable, but there's no excuse for just them traveling across the country and annihilating you on your home field. Um, it, it just, it, but the offensive line just for the past two weeks and really throughout the season have just been very, very bad. One of the worst position groups, if not the worst position group, the 49ers have. And it, it just, it all starts there just like it does for the, on the defensive line for the defense. It all starts with the offensive line and it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback or what your game plan is. If they cannot play, it will not matter. Fifth so, magic, 22 of 28. And I wish Croc was here to talk about a killer Weatherspoon and just the second cornerback position today. We, we could, do the whole episode on Jimmy G if we wanted to and be like, Oh my gosh, are they going to tank and get Trevor Lawrence next year? Like it's way (laughs) too early to do that. I think we've said our piece of just this dude is struggling. You can't really blame the ankle in my opinion today. You you can blame Kyle and the O-line maybe, but the dude is struggling. It's so obvious. Um, And then, you know, moving just to, to the cornerback position where without Richard Sherman, I knew that this team one day, I used to podcast about it all the time when, before Rob really took over for me, second corner, or if Richard Sherman ever goes down, you're going to see this defense get exposed. 
it's happening. That combination with him and Bosa off the field, I I didn't recognize this defense. We can't really count their games against the Jets and Giants because those teams are so effing bad that, um, you know, I, I want to applaud the defense some. But after today, I, I kind of am back at square zero with them for, for this season. Right. Yeah. And we've got, oh yeah, we've got, we've got plenty to say about the defense too and the defense coaching staff. Before we get into it, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors, the people uh, supporting us here at, at Striking Gold and at Blue Wire. First, we've got Indeed. And even though sports had a break, your business didn't, you had to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed's here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed gives powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply and the offer is valid through december 31st and last but certainly not least always bringing it up from the rear is bet online because the wait's over football's back you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get on on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championship, futures, all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, it's all one word. And bet online is your online sports book experts. And I always come in, and these are clients of ours. I love both Indeed and and Bet Online. We're actually hiring a bunch of people at Blue Wire. Um, if any, you know, I haven't been telling the story of the startup really on this podcast. But if you are interested, email me Kevin at BlueWirePods.com. We have some big announcements. We're going to be doing some hiring, some marketing, ops, different roles. And we will use Indeed.com. Also, we'll be listing there. And just shout out to Bet Online. They stuck with us the whole year during the pandemic. A lot of advertisers bailed on a lot of podcast networks. They didn't. We'll never forget that. So salute to the, to those two sponsors, Rob. Got to shout out the business partners, man. They keep this thing going. All right. So... We've we've covered the offensive side of the ball. Okay. Obviously, plenty of blame to go around on that side of the ball. But this is a this was a team effort in terms of, of how badly they lost and how badly they imploded on both sides of the ball. Okay. And the and the first thing that I would like to I mean, I guess my focus is like, yes, Brian Allen, 
a cornerback that none of us have ever heard of until yesterday when they promoted him off the practice squad was absolutely unequivocally torched in every possible way a cornerback could be, but I'm not putting it on him. You had a guy that they just signed to the practice squad, I believe a couple weeks ago. They just added him to the practice squad, you know, once they they took all these injuries at the position, and they just promoted him, and then they throw him out there as the starter, and you don't expect the Dolphins and a, and a kind of a gunslinger like Fitzmagic and a, and a halfway decent receiving core to just go right after him. And that's exactly what they did over and over and over. I believe both of the four, the, I believe both of their first two touchdowns, the dolphins were against Brian Allen. I know he gave up at least two, one to Devonte Parker and one to Preston Williams. That's at least two. I also know that he gave up a pass interference that put them, put the dolphins on the goal line. You had a guy who was just on the practice squad and then he's immediately promoted to be the starter. Flawed logic. It's a little flawed logic like it always has been in that second corner position. And like we said earlier, without Richard Sherman, it's just going to be a ongoing problem over there. You don't find a good second corner. Randomly last year, you found one in Emmanuel Mosley. That doesn't happen every year. You get lucky sometimes, and most of the times you're shuffling through guys who aren't very good as backup corners in this league and they're going to get exposed, and we saw it today, man. It sucks. I don't know, moving forward, how to fix this. I mean, Richard Sherman comes back on the field, Mosley gets back on the field, but you're going to have to have those guys stay healthy for this defense to ever be any good, and that's a tough strategy to have your team fully healthy to have the defense be good. Corner is such a huge upgrade and need in the offseason. It's so clear. And um, it, it the Dolphins exposed it of all teams. I thought it maybe it was going to be the Rams or maybe the Packers or the Saints, but it was Fitz magic, and that's why it stings so much. Well, and, yeah, you know, I feel so bad for Brian Allen too because he—I mean—he obviously knew something was coming because on the ninth, a couple days ago, I'm sure they'd given him a heads up. But he tweeted, "I worked my ass off for this opportunity," and you know, I mean, he got his opportunity, and it obviously did not go well. There's even people that, despite the fact that he tweeted this on October 9th, have gone back to this post to kind of talk shit in the mentions, which is disappointing. But I mean, it, it, you just the guy just got crushed, and and that wasn't it. Like, and one of the things that you that really, really, really stands out here, and this is this is also a fault to the offense, one hundred percent, is the Miami Dolphins were on the field for almost thirty seven minutes, which, in terms of a football game, is pretty staggering. You know that is that is you know the 49ers were on the offense was on the field for twenty three minutes. And, you know, well, you kind of say, well, well, you know, it's really only a seven minute difference. You know, if the 49ers are on the field for seven minutes more then they're even that's it's just it's hard to explain just how usually they're pretty close. And that's just brutal. Like the defense, the corners were obviously injury ridden. The defensive line, you're no, no Nick Bosa, no D Ford. Of course, you're not going to be able to get to the trade of DeForest Buckner. Let me come on in here for a second. Right, right. You know, now that they're two and three and now that the dust has settled and now that the defense is really struggling without a key piece, I'm not ready to say that Armstead was the wrong decision to bring him back, but I am willing to say it's kind of crazy they were going to trade one of the best interior defensive linemen who 
probably would be making up for the loss of Nick Bosa right now in some way that would be helping the secondary and helping the football team. This team has gotten a lot of nice play from DJ Jones from time to time, um, you know, majority last season. 92 is in there all over the place now as as one of the newbies. But overall, without Buckner, uh, you're you're struggling, I think. And you, you really feel that, too. And I wanted to make sure that gets pointed out because that was a big decision. And of course, paying him a hundred million is also oh geez, we're strapped for cash. If he's not performing, we made a terrible call. But you know, hindsight right now, they're not looking great from that decision. And I know the cap room is what it is, but I'd rather have Buckner right now. I think if I could go back and do this over again. Well, yeah, and I, I really haven't broken down the two contracts as far as you know if they would have chosen not to keep Armstead and went with Buckner instead. You know, you would you would have lost one of them. I don't know. It, that That's just a tough situation, especially when you consider the offseason that they're about to go into where they're, you know, they're still going to be strapped for cash. And, and a guy like Richard Sherman is a free agent. K1 Williams is a free agent. And both of those guys aren't on the field right now. And you're seeing kind of the, the repercussions of that. And, 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 you know, you have a cornerback group that's ravaged by injury. But that what's what's weird about this loss and how bad it was is it wasn't always the injured position groups that were getting picked on. Like you had the safeties, the respectable safety duo, and Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward. I mean, they gave up a, a touchdown to Preston Williams, and he ran right in between them. It didn't look like either was interested in in this this Miami Dolphins wide receiver running right down the middle of the field. And, and they blitzed, and Ryan Fitzpatrick got hit right as he threw and had the makings of a play where he would be making some type of bad decision and it would get picked off or, or something along those lines. And it was just nothing. There was no one there. They they were way off. It just He caught it, and sure, I think they hit Preston Williams right as he caught it, but it, I mean, or right after he caught it. But it's just, I mean, it was just bad play by so many Javon different – is off to a great start, too, going back to my, my point, Rob, there. And – um, you he know, is. He maybe, is. You know, maybe DeForest Buckner doesn't change the the entire picture, but the point being is there's not the veterans on the field right now, as you said, without Richard Sherman, without Kwan Williams, and you can feel it. You can feel some mistakes, some communication issues, blown coverages. It, it's happening majority of this season. The, the the Jets and Giants game kind of taken with a grain of salt, as those guys are likely going to be picking at the top of the draft, but. Um, you know, Robert Sala used to be a head coaching candidate a season or two ago. That doesn't feel realistic anymore. His stock was hot. He thought he was going to wait here and kind of get a better head coaching job. Uh, yikes. Now he's going to be trying to hold on to his job. That's how quickly the things change in the NFL, Rob. It's a week-to-week league. 49ers w- will monitor this, but they have a tough-ass schedule coming up, Rob. And I think that's the main point. They were trying to go 4-1 and one here because they knew the blows were coming later in October and November. And now with the schedule picking up, I just don't see where this defense is going to get a break. It's almost like they, it, they're going to be bleeding. I don't know what, what the bleeding is going to stop. Richard Sherman alone is not going to stop it. No, no, it's not. It, it It's just such a weird culmination of problems right now. Now, obviously, you don't have guys like D Ford and Nick Bosa, and I believe it's kind of a ripple effect from there, but – to, to Kevin's point, here's the 49ers' schedule over the coming weeks. Next week, in week six, they play the Rams, who are 4-1. and one. Then after that, they play the Patriots, who are 2-2. Two and two. 
Then after that, they play the Seahawks, who are currently 4-0. But, and this is a very, you know, obviously a, a Russell Wilson type of comment here, but uh, they're down to this. They're down to the Vikings, twenty-six to twenty-one right now, with five forty-five left in the half, and or excuse me, in the game. And Russell Wilson just threw an interception to the Vikings. So we'll see. But we know how that goes. 49ers fans know how that goes. So you've got the Seahawks, who are currently four and zero. Then after the Seahawks, you've got the Packers, four and zero. The Saints, who are two and two. Then they've got their bye week in week eleven, and then they've got the Rams after that, and the Bills after that. That is even if the defense turns it around, Rob. I just don't think Jimmy G is going to be able to overcome this. Or Kyle and, and the offensive weapons last season was special, and we're all starting to realize why. And Joe Staley was better last season than you know what Trent Williams is giving them right now. So the, the team is different this season. There's younger players on defense. There's more injuries, and as you just said, Rob, it's a weird culmination of they're they're headed for a top 10 draft pick more likely than the playoffs right now being realistic on October 12th, Columbus day, unless some miracles happen from Jimmy G and Richard Sherman comes on the field and has eight interceptions and is doing something outworldly. This team is going to start losing a lot of football games. There's no, there's no way around it. You're going to go up against the toughest of the, the best of the best in the NFC mix in bill Belichick you're you're not going to come unscathed out of that and you're already behind in the division. So this season does look like it's losing its grip from Kyle and the 49ers. If Kyle can dig them out of this hole, if we're talking Christmas, this team is in the playoffs, it will be a crazy great coaching job because right now he looks off, the O-line looks off, the team looks off. I I just I think we can all see with the eye test. We don't it doesn't make sense how this team can get better overnight. There's too many issues, too many injuries. I I, I 100% agree. And and I'm if anybody who's been listening to me on Striking Gold knows that I'm not somebody that overreacts or is dramatic, really even in the slightest, when it comes to reacting to the 49ers. But, you know, the Eagles game was bad. But, you know, I was willing to kind of put a little bit of that on poor offensive line pay, play coupled with a, a backup quarterback situation. Right. But then – Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. He the offensive line still plays horrible. Jimmy Garoppolo's not good. And then I mean, nobody was good. I, I mean, there was there's just a I mean, I'm looking at mock drafts right now. I haven't done this in a couple of years. <laughs> right, like, who are they right. picking in the top ten? Are they going corner? Are they actually gonna go quarterback? That will be the crazy discussion as we're kind of wrapping up a, a quick hitting striking gold. Are we going to start talking about Trevor Lawrence? Is this team going to be three and ten around the holidays here? And we're really like, holy crap! You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is actually not even that highly paid of a quarterback. Now he's he's a, like the twelfth highest paid quarterback. They don't have to tether themselves to him. They could make drastic moves. They could pair with a rookie. Could they find the next Pat Mahomes? These are discussions that are going to start happening because I do think overall the 49ers have the infrastructure. You're going to have some crazy tweets being like. Kyle Shanahan's 25 and 28. People are really going to look at his record when he first got here. And he did rebuild the team. There is an infrastructure in place. Nick Bosa is one of the best players in football. They have some really good pieces when they're all working together. They they got hot last year and made the Super Bowl. So they've proven it. And overall, I think like, okay, I'm like there's the foundation is in place. However, 
they may not have the quarterback that they really need, which is what ultimately is going to get you the Super Bowl. I think that's the main discussion, Rob, to monitor the rest of the year. Can Jimmy G play out of these struggles, or is he going to be paired with this awful defense and this bad record and so much pressure? Is he going to be the scapegoat? Are people going to want to get rid of him next season? That's the big storyline for me to to monitor because I think it's about to start becoming real on Twitter. Yeah, no, I, I one hundred after seeing how people reacted to the, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, Nick Mullins comes in, plays decent, Nick Mullins then next game plays horrible. Like after seeing how Twitter reacts to these, you know, these pretty steep ebbs and flows, I have no doubt, one hundred percent, that we will start reading about draft quarterbacks and what they can get for a Jimmy G, G trade. I mean, we even had a question in the mailbag about that uh, last week, which. Now all of a sudden doesn't seem so drastic. So we'll what see. Me? Are they trading, trading for Dwayne Haskins on the Redskins? I'm like, holy shit, are we already here? Right. And I don't think I, I got to see him perform really poorly the next month against some really good quality teams. We got if here he can, quick. If, if he's if he if they beat the Rams next week and look decent, and they're competitive overall against the Patriots and some teams, the argument can be made to give them all a redo next season, even Robert Sala because of the injuries. But if they get clobbered every week, there's going to be multiple scapegoats, and it could be Jimmy G and Robert Sala, as crazy as that sounds so early. This, I've always tried to like project the future. I always love doing that, pro- prognosticating, as they say. But could you see a, a rookie quarterback and a new defensive coordinator in San Francisco next season? I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked. Well, dude, I mean, they just got clobbered by the Miami Dolphins. So unless we're about to see the Dolphins go on an insane like playoff run uh, and and establish themselves as one of the best teams in in the NFL, then there's no excuse for what just happened to the 49ers. And like I said, as much as I like to avoid the dramatic overstatements, I, I'm not sure they're dramatic and I'm not sure they're overstatements at this point. They need to be like discussed. Like Kyle should be privately talking to Jed and John Lynch. We need to come up with a contingency plan. Like, what does the salary cap look like next season without Jimmy G? Who are the quarterbacks available? I'm dead serious. That's going on in the building. That's why you have a huge staff. There's contingency plans being put in place, evaluating what the football team looks like without him. Now, I don't think they trade him this year at all. But, you know, as they head into the offseason, they're going to look to upgrade the football team. They can find a better quarterback. He's a top 15 quarterback on his best day, top 10 on his best day. And he's bottom 20, we've seen, at his worst. And if he continues to churn out those bottom 20, it's it's inevitable. The writing will be on the wall. Right. I don't know. I think I I, I think that wraps us up for today. I think we've uh, <laughs> I think we've established uh, kind of a, a precipice of of doom. You know, and you know, if if, if Wait, oh, hold on, hold on. I had one final I had one final more doom note is the Seahawks 2015, Panthers 2016. Falcons 2017, Rams 2019, and they're starting to rebound. But all of those teams lost a Super Bowl in that year. None of them have been back. And think of Seattle, even with Russell Wilson, even with arguably a top three quarterback, they haven't been back. It's just, it's fucking sad. They were fucking there last year, man. And I'm going to make everyone drown in this misery right now, man. (laughs) This is fucking awful. This is, they're going to be the biggest disappointment likely in the entire league this year. And I want everyone to drown in this misery. This is this is not good. <laughs> this, is, this is this is Super Bowl hangover cloud. And I know this is really Rob's podcast now. No, I, no, no. Um, I'm coming in as the OG who used to just 
really wallow in these losses with the fans. <laughs> it, we're, we're, we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm, I won't, I won't bring you down as far as Kevin's willing to bring you down, but we'll see me and Crocker. I, I think Crocker will be back tomorrow. We'll break it down a bit more scientifically. Remember our, our, our Monday morning pods are always just our reaction to the game, you know, and that's what you're going to get. Sometimes it may be a bit dramatic, but in this case, I'm not really willing to say that that is, um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so like I guess shout out to uh, shout out to Mike Wong, a longtime listener who of the of the pod. He texts me during the game like this is a debacle. He's 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 one of those guys who's with me. But um, if there is one coach that I want right now, Kyle is not going to allow this football team to quit. I, you know, some coaches you'd be like, oh, they're 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 going to quit, and that that's to discuss as this all happens. But I think Kyle will keep the football team mostly together, so you don't have to worry about leaks and people hating each other and terrible headlines, just probably a lot of losses this season. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if the 49ers are going to get it, get it together, they're going to have to get it together against some of the best competition in the league. Like we talked about. Um, but, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. All we can do is wait and see how they, how they play it. I mean, this team has all the motivation they need uh, after two losses like that to get it together and make something better of the season. So we'll see how they handle it. Uh, Early line from Bet Online, three point favorites for the Rams next Sunday at Levi's at, Stadium. At Levi's, R- Rams are a three point favorite, and I I think that might climb to be honest. Right, and so if you're a, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but if you are a, a better out there, to me it seems like taking the, the taking the Rams, and you know, and and whatever you would call it, the yeah. over. The over, you know, I mean, just but from Who's what starting we're, next week, CJ Beathard or or Nick Mullins or is it Jimmy G? I don't, I, I don't even know. I don't even Wayne know. Wayne is going to come in and start next season, according to some people on Twitter. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> all right. Rob, Rob was trying to say goodbye a few minutes ago. I had. No, I had no, no, it's okay. It's yeah. a, there's so many little things to talk about right now. It's it's all right. But um, go watch the. Uh, I can't say go watch because you guys will be listening to this on one morning. But I'm staring at the uh, the Seahawks games right now. It's this two minute two minute warning. Um, Vikings are up twenty six twenty one. They're on like the Seahawks five yard line. Uh, they have, according to ESPN, they have a ninety eight point six percent win probability right now. The Vikings do. So if you were looking for some sort of pick me up, oh you're looking for some no, sort of pick me up. Like the next sentence, I'm I'm about to say the Kirk Cousins watch could be back. <laughs> Well, and and I'd also say don't you know you don't ever really count out Russell Wilson because that guy's insane. Oh, they went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. Seahawks get the ball on their own five yard line with one minute and fifty seven seconds left in one timeout. No one's gonna care or like any of this because you guys are gonna know what the result is by the time you're listening to this. I'm sorry, we're all over the place here, um, but that's it for another episode. Um, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making Striking Gold what it is. We wouldn't be on here ranting on about a game that you're not going to care about in the morning uh, without you guys. So um, remember, keep listening. Keep leaving us that feedback on Twitter. We appreciate it. Um, But for another day, this is Striking Gold signing out. Peace. See you guys.